Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Rob's Observations. I am Rob Liefeld, your host of this uh, comic book, pop culture, movie streaming, everything streaming now. Every commercial you see is and streaming. The CBS News and streaming, streaming, pop culture, comics, movies, video games, toys. We cover all of it because that's what I am obsessed with. I, I have realized this weekend when I turned to my beloved wife and said, this is a curse. It's a curse. Comic books is a curse. You can't lift it. There is no cure if you're in it and, and, and you're drawn. And, and, and just to give more kind of background on this, it's it's football season. We're all watching football and I'm watching my teams play on, on Saturday and on Sunday. And uh, and I'm drawn. I, I, I love it's It's the best part to ink a page to do finishes on a page all the thought work is kind of done now it's just stylistically you know rendering and and and, and thick and thin lines and doing little details stubble of a beard on a chin and you can do that while listening and looking up occasionally to a game but i, I said to my wife like this is a curse and it's a curse i love it's um it, it has such a hold over me and i don't know like i really came about that as would I recommend this to someone? Could I grab someone and say, oh, no, let me tell you, you should do comics. And I came to the conclusion, I would never tell anyone to do that. And you're like, but life of my dream, my dream, it was my dream too, because I'm cursed. And if you have the curse or the fever or whatever we're calling, then if you don't do it, you're miserable. And that's how I am. I'm miserable without a comic book within five feet of me, right? I mean, if, honestly, if you walk through my house, the five feet test, I mean, I got damn statues. I mean, I, I, and when I mean statues, I mean the six foot three Deadpool statue that Robert Kirkman gave me that looms in my um my my house and actually startles people um when they enter. And and then there's coffee table books and uh, uh, on top of comic books, on top of more toys and statues. And obviously, I have a very um patient wife. So much so, I, I should tell you guys. Uh, back when my wife was coming up, her sisters were more pursuing acting than she did. Joy. Uh, actually became a production assistant, worked on a couple shows. She worked on the infamous Gene Wilder show, which was taping down the hall from a show my wife told me was going to be a huge hit. And it was called Friends. And obviously, you know, she's like, I wish I had been working on that show, of course. But uh, Gene Wilder, sweet guy. She was on that the entirety of that original season. She was the writer producer's assistant. Where am I going with this? Um, she, over time, she had bec become friends with other writer producers and um, one of the writer producers that had worked on one of her earliest projects when she was actually, actually still acting with her sisters. Uh, uh, he was, he became a writer producer on the Roseanne show in the late eighties, early nineties. And he had a party one time at his house in Hollywood. And we went, you know, this is probably 1994 and Everything from the minute you open the door was toys, pop culture, comics. There's glass cases. There's stuff on the walls. You could not walk five feet in his house without encountering the robot from Lost in Space, something Star Trek related, comic book related, Star Wars related. It was literally they lived in a giant pop culture toy house. So I'm not that bad. And, uh, and this house was pretty great. It was really, really well done. But I mean, everything in it, couches, pillows, kitchen stuff everything. And I was like, wow, this is what it's like to be a grown-up man-child. And I am kind of a grown-up man-child now myself. Hence the curse. And part of the curse 
starts with, as we know, the comic books, the pages. That's what I'm most obsessed with, the people who create the comics, the, the comic books that we um, still consume on a regular basis. And we would not have access to comics, and I've talked about it often, without the direct market, which is where you get your comic book stores. And a comic book store is where we were able to all kind of, um, you know, solidify our love. Uh, for me, it, it, it's when the spinner racks were drying up. I don't talk enough about when spinner racks started drying up, when those stop and goes and the U-totems and the 7-Elevens and the corner markets all stopped carrying comics. And the real estate for comics dwindled from spinner racks to two shelves to one shelf to part of a shelf. But that then we were saved in 1980 for me is when I started encountering the comic book stores. I don't know if I've told this, the time that I rode the bike to Fantasy Illustrated on Harbor Boulevard in Fullerton, only to find out that this Harbor Boulevard, I couldn't read my numbers, was a porn stop. And I went behind the beads to see all the giant dildos. And I'm I'm 14. And, and uh, that's our guest who I, I I had to make him laugh before I introduced him, but but there was giant dildos that I saw for the first time as I went beyond the beads in Fantasy Illustrated in Fullerton, California, looking for this comic book store on Harbor Boulevard uh, in in the Yellow Pages, and um, they were so entertained by little thirteen year old on his Huffy Land Cruiser Liefeld, little little Robbie Liefeld walking in to see all the porn stuff and like, wow, there's no comic books here, but there's big dildos. Holy crap. And, uh, I, I, I was, uh, and they quickly, the ladies behind the counter were like, uh, can we help you? Um, and I'm like, yeah, where's the comic books? Not among the dildos little boy. Um, so I then confounded was like, what's happened? Where's fantasy illustrated. And then I remember I called the operator on a payphone, and they told me, uh, that Harbor Boulevard is more up towards the beach, uh, that, that you're, you're in Fullerton and, and lo and behold, if, if not at, at 10 AM, I turned my bike around and by noon I was, um, in, in, uh, almost, almost, uh, at, in Huntington beach and, and found the fantasy illustrated that sells the comic books, not the, um, the plastic cocks. So, uh, Th this is what the curse does to you. It, you. You will seek the comic books out. You will be with the comic books. You will find a dedicated comic book store that isn't a dildo store. And, and you will make that store your favorite at the comic book store, by the way, the comic book store. And you will go there and you will they, they will have everything, which is where I get to ElfQuest and some of the comics that I've shared with you and the sword and sorcery and the expansion that I was able to expose myself to. But that's because a retailer decided I need to have a dedicated comic book store to sell you comic books. And we are still in that age. Where will we be without comic book stores and comic book retailers that get our product to us? He has been gone far too long and, and we welcome him back today. One of the retailers and one of the, uh, uh, the key people who put comic books in people's hands, not just through stores. Um, my guest does it with conventions. And you've been to a convention of his in Arizona. You've been to a convention of his in Oklahoma. You've been to his Hawaii shows. You've been to his kick-ass Vegas shows. They are the best shows. Amazing comic books. Amazing comic cons. Um, they are brought to you by Grand Poobah CEO, President um, Jimmy 
Jay. I own a mansion and a yacht. Jimmy SJ, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Jimmy J, how are you? I'm great. I cracked up. I did not know about little Robbie Liefeld on his Huffy bike uh, shopping in adult uh, adult toy stores. A little, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit different. You're talking about adults, you know, who buy a lot of toys and stuff like that. Yes, it's a little little bit different. Little 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 bit different of a context there. So yes, that that got a reaction out of me. Complete. I, no, I, that was funny. I I literally. Um, I, the thing I remember, the the second, the thing I first remember was all those giant fleshy dildos. Um, I'm like, I mean, you, you, I'm 14 years old. Okay. You know, the math adds up 1980. I'm either 13 or a half and a half or I'm 14. But the bottom line is, you know, I just wasn't ready for these giant mountains of flesh with veins. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but, but, but second, the thing I, the second thing that I remember the most is the beads the door like you know the door is open but in front of the door is the beads and uh because obviously when they 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 either put a screen in front of the beads at night but i never walked through anything with all the you know strings of beads to get inside because uh and i just remember going wow what a cool door and then it's like i was like wait where am i what and the, the great thing is Fantasy Illustrated works both ways. It's your sex fantasy store or it's your comic book store. I encountered both on the same day. So thanks for taking that ride with me, literally. Jimmy, um, we, you, so, so here's the deal. Uh, I actually went out to see you the other day and you were not there. Your booth is extremely bu busy. Frankenstein's in the city of where? It is the city of industry. City yeah, I used to be in Pomona, right? Or was it never in Pomona? We just all believed it was. Um, but I think I think so. City of industry. So Frankenstein, city of industry. So my son is going out of town. He loves Frankenstein's, and I figured I haven't been there in six months. Uh, I'm going to go and accompany him because um, you know, to, for all his manga anime needs, and I will reacquaint myself with this giant mega comic book marketplace. Frank and Sons transitioned about two years ago to this, not quite two years ago, to this new, um, I think it's a Sam's Club that they took over. So it became instantly brighter, um, lighter, cooler, full air conditioning. And uh, th the place is a giant adult man, child or regular child, you know, pop culture romper stomper of entertainment, statues, toys, stickers, pops comic books um jimmy has prime real estate uh, right there on the first aisle where he's got his trade paperbacks his omnibuses his hardcovers his back wall of um really um expensive hot you know books that people want uh, always again we've talked about it the back wall is where the the, the good stuff goes and, and you have to ask to see it and the pricing and of course he's got the you know, you are a weekly comic book uh, retailer. Frank and Sons right now is open on Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays. And having not gone in six months, I could not believe it was a, you know, our friends went to the new SoFi Stadium to see the first Rams game. And then I had friends who went to the Chargers game yesterday with the Cowboys, and they were all just going nuts about how, Horror, horrific the parking is 
and, and, and what a nightmare it is. And, and I'm like, this is what it was like, like parking on Saturday. This place is so busy. It's so packed. If, if you want to go find members of your tribe, whatever tribe they are in pop culture, I assure you there is a member of your tribe at, at, at Frankenstein's and Jimmy has a killer, killer booth, but you weren't there. And the reason like Jimmy has um, one of his workers uh, working and I was, I felt bad because it was Jimmy's comic book booth was overwhelmed with customers. It was a wall of people. This is one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, they've been open for four hours and Jimmy's comic book booth was slammed as, as it is whenever I go there, but just, um, just really the whole place was slammed. And again, there is no frankincense without comic books and toys. So Jimmy, um, I'm I'm assuming that business is is good and it's never been better. You know what? It business is just trucking. You know, so I think that just more people are coming. You know, they they want their pop culture fix, and as much as that, all the stuff is streaming and there's these great movies out and everything like that. It's I think that it's just it's it's feeding the hunger, but it's like it's it, or it's it's creating more more and more of an appetite. So yeah, so people are always looking for you know, for their ways in, for their ways in and their ways out of all these, of all these great shows. So we've definitely been the beneficiary of that. We're, you know, we're just, you know, we're excited about how, where things are headed. So <clears throat> I have a lot of questions today. The reason we are doing a dedicated comic book marketplace show is because so much is changing. So much is changing. I need some of it explained to me by somebody who's been in the retail business for 30 years, like Jimmy has. Um, you know, I go to comic book stores in my area occasionally. This summer, I, I have fallen off, not in consuming comics. I have done it um, more through digital means because it exists. Uh, Comicsology is a good friend to have when you are on the road for um, extended periods of time, whether that's doing signings or, um, and you'd be like, but, but why wouldn't you buy comic books at the signings? You would be shocked at how often you forget to buy something or they don't have anything. I mean, vacation point it's, it's um, why would I not want to look at an issue of uh, Deadpool? I think it's called red, black. What, what was that? Yeah. Black, yeah. Black, white, and red, black, white, and red. I, my, my buddy, you know, good buddy, Wills Protasio. I love how he draws Deadpool. I wanted to see it. I couldn't find it at two of the stores. So I had, I had to end up buying it on comiXology. I'm still looking for that elusive first issue again speaking to the, the fact that comics are going through a real you know buzz again paper comics are doing very well but the business is changing uh the way businesses the way the comic books are sold is changing i, I did a show from italy with you guys I, I i told you i was recording on on the uh on the road about the way boom studios and and uh and, and, and the way that Spawn was being marketed to you this summer, this last spring and summer with all of these different incentives. The incentives are now the new kind of um, playground because everything, you know, there's there's nothing that's off limits. And again, we are, we are, comic books is steeped in this, in that again, Kiss, the rock band Kiss put their blood in the ink of a comic book so that it would stir the consciousness of the public and get you curious enough to buy it. So this is not anything new, but there is that, that, that playground seemed like it seems like it's more open now than ever. But, um, when I go to the comic stores, the, the thing about Jimmy is the comic stores in my area currently that are open and that I, that I frequent, these are guys that have had stores for 10 years. 
They haven't been in the business 30 years like Jimmy. I'm looking at retailers who have been doing this for a decade, you know, some less. So, so Jimmy has been doing this. He's a, a the, 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 the wonder kid. Uh, and I'm thinking of Ted Lasso now, Wonderkind. Uh, Wonderkind, can I go back and, and, and re-say that? Um, Jimmy, uh, I mean, started when he was a kid selling comics and now has his dedicated retail space, obviously has his amazing comic cons. And so, again, I need you to explain a lot of stuff to me because last week, a buddy of mine from the East Coast, not Jimmy, um, uh, a buddy of mine from the East Coast had said, dude, there's 14 Batman comics coming out this week. And as a long time, if you're a long time listener to the show, um, and if you, and you, and if I'm not going to praise DC right now, I know that really bothers some of you guys. I can't do anything about that. Um, it, it's weird. The triggers that happen on this show, but, um, I, I get the biggest criticism of the show is that I don't praise DC enough, but I believe the DC of my youth and, and it was in the best condition DC comics ever was. So it's like your championship team. Why wouldn't I compare every Lakers team to the championship team? Why wouldn't I compare every Dodgers team to the, to the championship club? The, the, the DC comics of the mid eighties is seen as the bright shining uh, beacon of DC's publishing. It was when it was as versatile and as broad and as successful as it's ever been. And so when I see, I, I, I literally could not believe that there were that many Batman books. I then went on Midtown Comics because I know they have the shipping list for every week. And there, lo and behold, and you're going to help me out here, Jimmy. Look, there, there was a Batman United. There was a Batman The World. Can you help me out? What other Batman comics were coming out? You know, there's, uh, there's, you know, there's Batman Urban Legends. There is Batman, straight up Batman. There's Batman the Detective. I mean, it is loaded. And then you start throwing in the other. This book. week, let's do this week. What was out this week? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I mean, now granted, it was Batman week, so they loaded it up with some more. But they had a, another reprint of of Batman Fortnite. You know, so let's, you know, let's, you know, add that one to the to, to the batch. Um, but I mean, it's like they. It's it's they really loaded up the week with um, with as much as that they could from from Gotham. Um, and I mean, it, what I think it's funny is that that, um, you know, my friends that, uh, you know, that, you know, have worked at DC Comics, they are they're trying to transition there and not call their Batman family the Batman family. It's the Gotham group. And as if that there is a big delineation between you know, Batman or Robin or Batman and um, Catwoman and Batman. And I mean, it's so it, to me, it just seems it, it just seems really odd what's going on. You know what's going on there. So. So you, you know, said so now I, I now I understand. I understand. Um, again, the next day I realized, oh, it's Batman Day this weekend. But I'm now again, I'm on Midtown Comics because I want you to understand where I'm coming from on this. This is not. Because there's a lot of meat on the bones. I'm not talking to Jimmy. I'm talking to you guys who are listening. Because look, comic books, I wasn't kidding when I said it's a curse. It's in your blood. And the people who it's in their blood, it's in their blood. Uh, I have friends who have no business doing comic books anymore. What do I mean by that? Uh, they don't need to. They have made, um, by every uh, uh, measure of the stick in the world, they are so ridiculously successful and 
I have met other people who have sought to be as successful as some of my friends are. And they have said, these are the people who are seeking this same kind of status. They've said, if I made a fraction of this money, I'd be gone. I'd be gone. I'd be living, you know, my life overseas traveling. And so when I see someone who could literally travel 24 seven every day and, and, and they are slaving over comic book scripts, that is what I talk about when I talk about the curse. It's in your blood. You're obsessed with it. Um, look, I, I turn to my wife. Uh, we're, we're watching the morning show, the second season on on Apple. I love it. And and yet, we all know because we were educated by the media in the '90s. It was everywhere. If you're younger than than this, this will be news to you. But it was everywhere that the uh, the the Friends cast all got uh, a million each. They they stayed together, lockstep. And and for the last several seasons, it was not just one. It was several seasons. They got a million dollars an episode times 22 episodes plus royalties. Um, it was also very well publicized that Seinfeld sold his show in syndication for hundreds of millions of dollars in the mid nineties. So these people have millions and millions. When I look at Jennifer Aniston, I know that she must really want to put herself in front of the camera and act and perform because she does not need to. She has hundreds of millions of dollars that we are made aware of through the media, through her success um, on friends, but the fact that she is still making content for us and you can fill in the blank, Tom Cruise, you know, Brad Pitt, these people, they obviously love what they're doing because we've become educated to how fabulously wealthy, you know, lifestyles of the rich and wealthy that they have. And, and, and so my friends who are that way, who are still doing comic books, you know, it's a curse, you know, absolutely 100% it's a curse. And, uh, and, 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 and I mean that in a way that it, it haunts you. It's it's a good curse. You could you could say, but Rob, why don't you call it a blessing? Well, curses are kind of the things that like they 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 haunt you. And comic books, literally, I can't stop being obsessed with them. And the publication of them and the creation of them and the fact that the platform still exists to give flight and and to give um to give new stories, new worlds kind of a, a showcase is is the thing I love about comics the most. So the reason we're talking about this because DC is the number 2 biggest publisher. They remain number 2. And I can see now for the week of September 15th, this past week, Batman Scooby Doo, Batman 89 issue number 2 came out. Batman Urban is it Urban Legend? Yeah, Urban okay, Legend. Batman Urban Batman Urban Legend came out. Uh we have um uh, the Super Sons, which features Robin. Robin, and and which is come on, you don't have Robin without Batman. It's a Batman family book. Gotham is the title of a comic that I did not know exist, by the way. That's out. So that's another Batman book. Gotham. Um, there is a uh, Harley Quinn title coming from the Batman family. Uh, there is uh, I Am Batman is a book that came out last week. Is that right? I Am Batman. Um, uh, many covers as I'm scrolling by it. Joker number seven came out. Batman family. Uh, I, I mean, I'm 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 easily on six or seven titles now. Okay, uh, I haven't kept count, but but uh, then I keep going. Pennyworth. So Alfred has his own book. Alfred has his own book. Pennyworth came out. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, yeah, Alfred. Alfred the Butler. Alfred the Butler yeah. has his own book right yeah. now at DC Comics. And uh, and then um, uh, Batman 
it looks like black and white came out. Batman, the cowardly lot. I think these are trades. Yes. Oh no, Batman, the world, Batman, the world. Uh, so, so, and, and I oh, actually did not, with, you, yeah. you might have to jump in because it's like this next, okay. Like this, you know, this, this Wednesday. So it's the 21st. I mean, we have new issue of Batman. That's fear state, you know, has a bunch of covers to it. There is a Batman, little Gotham. There is miracle Molly special from the Batman secret files. There's Batman adventures based on the old Bruce, Tim Batman, the animated series. There's Batman detective, the detective, not to be confused with detective comics. There's birds of prey. There's Catwoman. Um, there is, um, I mean, there's Nightwing. I mean, so it's like week in and week out. I mean, it is absolutely loaded, loaded with with Batman titles. But would Adam West say it's Batastic, Boy Wonder? It's Batastic. You know um, what? Because it sounds like you know what, and maybe and you know what, and maybe that there are some retailers that, that that say the same. I mean, is a Batman book going to sell better than a Wonder Girl? Is Batman going to sell better than Suicide Squad presents King Shark? Is it going to sell better than you know you know Aquaman spinoff? You know, and, so, and it, yeah. You know, so, I'm not, I'm so it, it might, but then at the same time, I mean, it's 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 not like when when I was growing up, when you were growing up, um, when there was things like, you know, Teen Titans and the Legion and, you know, I mean, this entire, you know, multiple Batman, I mean, Superman books, you know, multiple Green Lantern books. And that was even, okay, that was even just a few years ago. I mean, this doesn't, you know, this seems like there's always a lot of Batman books, but I mean, it is so tilted when... You scroll through this list and it is more than, you know, more, you know, half the line or more every week is Batman. So that is dominating. Okay. It's dominating for us. So, Our rack is, is uh, on shelf space is all dedicated toward, toward Batman books. And I want to be specific here. Uh, I just did the final count while you were um, sharing that info. There were 23 DC Comics items released the week of September 15th, the week right behind us. Uh, 15 of those were Batman-related, Batman-related. So, so 15 of 23 items is, is – so here's my thing, Mr. Jimmy J. Retailer hat on. Jimmy, do they eat each other's – again, I already know. I, I'm going to tell you two other retailers have told me, yes, it's hard to sell 15 Batman items on the same week. So, so wh wh where do you, let's change it from Batman. Would it be hard to sell 15 Spider-Man items in one week? A hundred percent. It gets really hard. There's some level and it's a magic number, you know, I mean, so, you know, get out your magic eight ball, you know, shake it up. But there is a magic number of what is going to be too much. Cause then at some point there are going to be some fans that are like, eh, you know what? I, I, I had, I had that for lunch. My, my my tummy is full. I don't need any more. But it just seems like that, that when you have that high of a percentage, that they all gobble up. Some people are like you mentioned, Batman '89, based on the um, the uh, Tim Burton movie in that universe. There's going to be some people that are like old school Batman, 
Batman 89 fans. So, I mean, that's they're going to get their tummy full on Batman there. And then there's going to be some person that wants the current continuity with the Jorge Jimenez art. They get their fill there. But the thing is, is that when he, when she keeps on slicing this up, these, these, you know, this piece of the pie gets, you know, smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Very few people can afford, you know, it, not just a, like afford financially, but afford kind of their, their headspace on all these Batman books. Also, I mean, I know people bellyache about the price of comics, and they always have, but DC Comics now are also $5, $6, $7, $8 on cover prices. So it's just, it's even that much more that you are making choices rather than just saying, add it to the pile, add it to the pile, add it to the pile. So yes, there is a huge cannibalization going on, which is unfortunate because there are probably some some great stories, some great talents that are, you know, you know, you know, deserve a bigger platform, and unfortunately aren't getting it right now. See, my, my I remember in the '90s when there would be weeks where there were too many X books, and this is back after we had left. We were at Image Comics, and Marvel had. This is now the age of Generation X. Um, I think you know they they would double up on the frequency. Certainly, Age of Apocalypse, which was which is an overwhelmingly successful event, I think had twelve to fifteen comics, and that felt like at the time. That, and when I say twelve to fifteen comics, I mean for the month, for the month of the Age of Apocalypse, which I I believe is is one of the most, if not the most, um, successful X event of at least the mid to late nineties. I'm not sure where it lines up with um you know, uh, 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 executioner song and, um, you know, some, some of the others, but, but, but I know that age of apocalypse was huge. And let, let's say there was 12, 15 comics total in a month. We're talking 15 Batman books in a week. And I'm again, if it was X-Men, we'd be talking X-Men, but it wasn't, it wasn't Spider-Man. It wasn't X-Men. It wasn't Captain America. It wasn't the Avengers family. And I understand Batman Day, but even then there is an overload of, of, and, and I don't know if those were late. I don't know. I do. I don't know if it, 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 it bears in my estimation, some of those books must have been running behind and they just put them all out in one week. I have always lamented. So if you want context for this to the listeners, when I speak of 1985 and look, look, here's the deal. In 2011, I remember it very specifically. Um, uh, we had we were having lunch at San Diego, and there was a a, a producer who um, has produced material that you like, um, and and you've seen. And he broke down to me this whole DC Comics 1985, 1986, 1987. It's the peak, and he told me he said, "No, no, no, Rob, you don't understand. DC fans can't move on from that point. It holds the whole company back." His opinion, not mine. I received this. And afterwards, I, 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 I mean, it's 10 years later. I'm still thinking about it. It, it. I can hear him saying this to me as if it was yesterday. He's like, between Crisis on Infinite Earths, Dark Knight, Swamp Thing, Watchmen, uh, the Titans, he's like, the Man of Steel reboot with John Byrne, that was the bright, shining moment where DC fans were the most happiest, where the biggest talent worked there. And, uh, and when he means biggest talent, again, we've gone over John Byrne, the superstar of Marvel, of the X-Men, of the Avengers, um, and, and, and George Perez and Frank Miller of the, the giant Daredevil reimagining, Alan Moore becoming this big scribe. They all worked at DC. They all were doing 
some of their best, finest work. And he's like, that is the time. Now, again, what does that also cover? That, 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 that Wonder Woman was a giant success. Uh, this, this crisis is seen as the biggest, most successful crossover of all time. Um, and if, and I was there listener. And if you were there, you would have, you would know it was a big deal. It was seen as far better executed than secret wars, which was much better selling secret wars just by virtue that it was Marvel. The toy tie-in was a better selling, um, crossover, but people thought crisis was really smart and had really, um, great drama and big consequential events. And then you've got Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a giant book because of the voice of this British writer. Um, you, you've got Frank Miller drastically redoing Dark Knight. And we're actually in it. Because of Batman Day, there's a way to get back into that with, with some relevance today in something that I saw that I want to share this weekend. And uh, and again, the Superman line of books was on fire. And um, there was a lot of experimentation. As I've said, Legion of Superheroes was a top-selling DC book demanding two monthly titles. The Titans was neck and neck with the X-Men. Now, the focus seems to be, and I've told you that this was Dan DiDio, the former ex-long-since-fired um, publisher of uh, DC Comics, who kept throwing everything at the wall trying to compete and be the number one comic book company. Since he's been gone... And I, yes, I, I hear Kelly Clarkson singing right now uh, about Mr. DiDio since you've been gone. Um, uh, they've only increased the Batman. It, it, it feels like I'm getting now more than ever, Jimmy. I'm getting, I'm, and you're the retailer. And um, is, is, there, is there a winner in the bunch? Is there a top dog? Is there, is there a, what is uh, the top selling, most appealing Batman item? Oh, it, it's certainly the flagship book, and that is uh, James T uh, Tinian Tynan. I'm so sorry to, to butcher that. We call that him name. James the Fourth. We call him James the Fourth because that name is a trick. James James the Fourth. James the Fourth, and that's his handle. And, and and Jorge um, is yeah, uh, that book is fantastic. We should say if it is indeed the flagship, as you say, it is. It is the best produced Batman book month in month out. I feel like last. I'm gonna, and actually, I'm going to say it is probably the. It's one of the best produced books from any company. I mean, it consistently has Agreed. a high. It consistently has a high bar. I, I agree. Um, but that is that's probably that that is definitely the winner. But I do think I do think it's like that book could actually even perform. I mean, this is now speaking as a retailer. It's like that book would even perform better if there wasn't so many you know, so much baggage to the Batman family. That's my, that's my humble opinion. At the same time, you know, publishing is, it's, is its own, that's its own beast. They are dealing with, 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 you know, corporate, you know, corporate takeovers and things like that and finding their way. So I'm not trying to cut them slack, but I know that's not, that's above my, we, we don't need to apologize. Let me say, we don't need to apologize. We just said, cause I'm going to agree with you. I believe month in, month out, if Batman isn't the best produced comic book on the market completely, it's in the top three consistently since James the Fourth and Jorge um, Jimenez took over. Uh, the art is beautiful. He is a great storyteller, a great page designer. Uh, his, his drawing is extremely powerful, commercial. People are very attractive, pretty. He draws great renditions of Harley Quinn, Joker, Batman, Scarecrow, all the new characters that James the Fourth has 
introduced has given that an electricity uh, that I that that I think was missing for a long time. The and 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 I certainly didn't see Batman books scrambling. I know a year ago I was calling you weeks in advance asking, will you hold this, you know, first appearance for me, Jimmy? Um, will you hold because because the, there's a, a Ghost Maker and there's a you know, help me out. What are some of the what are some of the other names? There's Punchline. There was Ghostmaker. There was uh, there was Clown Hunter. There was yeah. uh, Clown Hunter. Yeah, the guy with the baseball bat. Right. So yeah. so and I mean so and, there's, are, and there's Miracle Molly now for for that matter. So okay. So so we are in agreement that the flagship Batman book is among the best produced comic on the market for the last two years since that creative team. They are fantastic. Um. And again, I like Jorge's Batman is a little thick. He's 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 not, you know, uh, the skinny Neil Adams, Jim Aparo Batman. He's not quite the beefy Frank Miller. It's it's in a world in between there. Um, his Bruce Wayne is so handsome. I mean, his Alfred is handsome. His Harley Quinn is beautiful. Um, he just really, and, and he feel the art to me, because I love praising art, um, it's like a bit anime manga meets the heyday. Because I told Jorge on, on his Instagram, I go, you are definitely in, 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 influenced by the uh, heyday of Image Comics. And he his response was, who wasn't? Because um, I love the way he splashes. He has big, splashy images. And they're really dynamic. And obviously, uh, now, now, as we say this, because I was going to say, obviously, James IV is really feeding the machine with all these new concepts. But he's leaving the book, and that's yeah. a story for another time. So their their reign together is 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 it is it over or is it ending? Uh, no, it's it's still it, it's still it's winding down right now. They have uh, a new writer who is going to and a new team that's going to kind of finish up the story. Jorge's supposedly still on the book, but I got to tell you, I'm a little bit nervous. Not not to say that these new guys can't do do good Batman stories. It's Batman, so it will always do well, but. Um, this team was clicking, and uh, I know that that James the Fourth is going on to greener pastures. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, it does it, it gets me a little bit nervous because I do think that there is a talent shift that is leaving you know that's leaving this flagship book, and uh, it, it's performing at a high level. So we'll we'll see we'll see what it does afterwards. In the meantime, in the meantime, we're you know it's. I think that we are just pumping up fear state, fear state, fear state. That's the that's the current storyline, um, okay. and we can enjoy the run. So let's let's enjoy it while it's here. But a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous going forward. So the flagship is really performing well. What? So after the flagship, where where's the next best? Give me the next best couple of Batman books out of if, if there was fifteen out of twenty three this past week as a retailer. Okay, is you know what you're probably looking at the. The Jokers and the uh, the Jokers and the uh, Harley Quinns probably afterwards. Um, I would I would rank those guys, and then everything else is just seems like there is a lot of buzz on Nightwing uh, in general. Like the people who buy it love it, love it, love it, love it. It's the Tom Taylor stuff, um, and I think I think uh, when they rebooted, there's a lot of people that gave it a second look, which is great. But I do think, but I mean, that is significantly behind everything else uh, in terms of units moved. Uh, but the people who love it, love it. Uh, but it just seems like all the other Batman books, 
they all, it's what you feel like buying that day. There's not a consensus. So, so it really is, hey, I like that cover. Maybe I like that character. Maybe I like, you know, Batman with some red hood. Maybe it's, I like, you know, Batman with Robin. Maybe I like Batman with, I mean, it really, it's completely divided. You know, it's completely divided. There is not one consensus at all on the Batman, on the Batman books after the flagship. So, so, you know, um, we, we, I don't think I've given an entire episode, but in between Daredevil and Batman, and I don't want to dwell on this and get away from this really quickly, but I'm just glancing at my, my bookshelf. And it was also that period, this eighties period of more of DC that I'm talking about that gave us something as experimental as Frank Miller's Ronin. He, uh, did kind of this, um, you know, uh, dystopian, uh, what would you call, I mean, it's like a future dystopian samurai Shogun cyberpunk. cyberpunk cyberpunk so so Frank Miller cashes all his chips in post Daredevil and Electra and goes in cyberpunk dystopian really experimental art style for him more European in in uh, more a European album than than what he had been created even down to the way it was colored which was different than the way Dark Knight would be colored which was different than the way Daredevil was being colored um and, and, and DC was just, they're very experimental. Also on my shelf, I have Mr. Miracle Collections, Commandy. I have OMAC. I have the Legion. See, I come at this, people. There's DC also, is, there's, there's DC also Comics. Oh, go on. Sorry. Sorry, DC Comics is a treasure trove. It is a golden treasure trove of immense wealth, fortune, and gems. And, um, you know, what... Whether it's OMAC or Commandy or The Demon or uh, even their military books, The Losers, um, whether, whether it's the the kind of the I, I I don't believe the Legion have been maximized, um, you know whether it's their huge World War II era, you know what is Christopher Nolan's next movie, the giant you know mega filmmaker that everyone tripped over themselves to be in business with this last couple of weeks as he took his new project out. It's the making of the atomic bomb. It's Oppenheimer. It's uh he's, he's in world war two still DC comics has world war two. I mean, saving private Ryan that we, we mine world war two for its brilliant tales of hero heroism against this just in, in eight evil. That was the fourth, you know, that, that, that was, that was uh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis and the thing is, they have they have a huge, rich World War II, the All-Star Squadron, the Justice Society, um, just amazing uh, wealth of, of material. Um, they have um, um, Adam, Adam Strange. I mean, there is so much amazing, uh, amazing stuff. And 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 I, I just see I go. It just keeps getting glanced over because I guess in today's market, you only put out a sure thing. And if you don't put out a sure thing, you don't put out anything. That's how it feels to me, Jimmy. That's how it feels as a fan. Um, no, not, I don't, in, in, the marketplace, in this marketplace, there's not a Camelot 3000. There's not. Yeah. It's not. There just isn't the. And it's just it, it's too bad. Now, I mean. I mean, it just seems like that they that it's very much a low hanging fruit. Let's go for the for for sure thing. But it's like it's hard when there's only when they're only offering apples 
you know, there should be some other fruit in there too. So, you know, there's, so I, I don't know what, whatever, whatever that analogy is, but it's just, it just seems like they're just kind of giving you the same over and over and over. So, uh-huh. um, the, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that that's just a sign of, of, of this marketplace right now. I just, again, I would say the, the, the Camelot 3000 is coming out. It's just coming out from Boom Studios and it's, um, and, and it's called, uh, you're going to tell me what it's called. Uh, cause I buy it once in future, once and future again, another twist on the King Arthur legend. Um, uh, I, I just feel like, um, well, I just feel you, like DC is not a place that innovates. I don't think, no, DC is a place that innovates anymore. I think that you to look for those other flavors, you might have to look under a few rocks with some other publishers and things like that, where DC was, you know, they had the great catalog themselves, and then they also took their shots down the fields, so to speak. You know, they yeah. they did that with with big creators. Here's the deal, and I, and, and we're going to wrap up this whole Batman centric part of this, and, and to pivot to another question I have for you, the the uh, here, here's the deal. I'm a huge believer in the vast expanse of the DC catalog. And I will always um, campaign for more of that stuff. Even the last launch they gave of OMAC was not deemed a success. But I bought every issue. I, I supported it. I put my money where my mouth is. I made sure that I was on board. I always show up for the experimental stuff. Um, I wish that that they would you know, maybe give the same quality of team to, to some of these more experimental things, because then you're using your talent to launch uh, a property. That's not going to get the same notice if it's by up and comers. And, and I understand that I was able to, uh, as I say that I'm like, well, I was an up and comer on Hawk and Dove, but Hawk and Dove was not given the same sort of, it really did. We, we got fortunate that, that, that we found an audience, but you know, sometimes it works in today's market. I think it's harder than ever because things have more scrutiny to succeed immediately. But what you're, what you've alluded to a couple of times now, and we need, we need to put on the table is look, DC comics is going through uh, continuing to go through a constant reevaluation discover. I don't think we really covered it, but discovery channel bought Warner brothers, which was purchased by AT&T, which took years to clear because it was, you know, needed to go through the process of, you know, the monopolization. It had to have, it had to have federal courts clear it. The purchase finally went through. That the general feeling is that AT and T decided we like selling phones, and phone lines and communications more than we like selling content. They pivoted to discovery. There's a brand new uh, creative, you know, executive board coming on. And we don't know what they're going to evaluate in the in the end in regards to how much publishing they're going to do. Um, I know that also on on social media, I have seen I have seen DC people refer to all of this because I want to give them a voice. That the DC Twitter has said that that, that there there's not a Batman family. When when I was kids, they called it a Batman family. I've said they they are referred to as the Gotham Group, which speaks to the building out successfully the building out that they've done and, and and there's no way to argue you can't really argue because we we listed that there was a book called Pennyworth out and there's a show about Alfred called Pennyworth 
So they're just reflecting what the media has already done. Um, was there a show called Gotham? Um, I think that's what it was called, right? Gotham. And it ran on the WB for, for many years. Uh, Marina Baccarin was on it. And uh, so they've already, they've already firmly established, but I, I think so. So, so now it's, it's not just a Batman family. They, they, they Harley Quinn. And, and I'm sure that punchline does punchline already have a comic book, Jimmy, I'm behind the eight ball here. Punchline, punchline is a, what DC has done, they, they've upped the price on a lot of their titles, and then they've also increased the content. So Punchline is a backup feature in every single issue of, of um, Joker, and James IV is writing that is writing Joker and the Punchline story, and it's a, you know, it's not just like, hey, here's two pages, like here's a two-page throwaway story. I mean, they give it a, its own cover, everything like that. But this is their way to keep on, you know, keep on powering through, you know, the Gotham group, Gotham group, Gotham group is by, you know, populating, you know, populating the pages of all their books, all their titles. But they've also increased the page count. They've increased the the uh, dollar amount on, you know, on such offerings. So let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you is. Uh, um. In regards to all, all, well, not not ask you. I, I wanted to reaffirm something that that people need to understand about you as a retailer. And and look, I I've been looking to get retail space for over a year now. I I looked at a new spot recently. I maybe robbed the retailer, you know, before the end of this episode. And I will look at things through a different lens at that period. But I went and I looked at the land, the 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 the, the space uh, where it was located. Um, it, it seems to get a lot of foot traffic, but I'm obviously evaluating the overhead, the monthly burn on the bills, what it's going to cost to lease it, what it's going to cost to keep the lights on the, then the product, then paying an employee employees. What Jimmy J has always said to me over the last decade, when I say, you know, well, 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 you know, what do you favor that came out this week? And Jimmy always says, and he is in lockstep with every retailer I ever talked to. I like what, what sells. I like what sells the best because, you know, I need, I bought these comics. I need them to move um, because we forget it's not a clubhouse. It's a business. And, and, and um, I know uh, from, again, all my interaction with you, uh, uh, you know, that, that there's nothing that makes you happier than when everything is selling. So we're looking at this from a, uh, coming at it from, I'm coming at it from being overwhelmed at seeing all those Batman titles. Um, you're, I'm asking you as the retailer, uh, what's it like to sell all those Batman titles? And wherever you are, if you're in Delaware, if you're in Provo, if you're in, you know, uh, uh, downtown Chicago, you're gonna have a different answer. Every market has a different favor. I was in, uh, in, in a, in a store, uh, that in, 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 in Arizona, uh, and, and when I was doing my signings in Florida and when I asked them what their best-selling books were, uh, they told me that it was, um, uh, something's killing the children. Is that the title? Yes. Something is I, killing. I, the I, I, I always mangle it. I always mangle it. That's why I wanted to, um, th- th- it, not a Marvel, D- not a Marvel book, not a DC book, but James the fourth, they told me something is killing the children. And I said, is that your best-selling like book this week? And he goes, no, that's my best-selling book every month. So retailers know what sells and, and, and it's important to them. And so, uh, 
you know, you as a retailer, this is how you make your living. And so I, I love picking your brain and pivoting away from, we don't know what's going to happen. We also, my, when I see 15 titles, I think some of them got backed up. You, there's no way you plan 15, even if it's Batman week, that that's overwhelming. I can see six for Batman day, having a weekend of Batman day. But I do believe that there is so many much Batman product because if you're trying to keep the 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 ledger positive and you want more black ink, you know, than 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 red, you're gonna go with sure things and Batman's a sure thing. And there's just not as much experimentation uh as as I guess my tastes run but again we've already covered i can get that through once in future and but on the flip on the flip and i do want to wrap up this segment my buddy i'm going to call him what you all know he is robert kirkman never once uh expanded walking dead spun it off i know for a fact there were numerous voices within his own imprint at image comics with with his partners to expand walking dead to make more walking dead to do what amc did in fact to do what the network did to, 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 to build more branches. But as we all know, Walking Dead ran its course. It was, it never had a Michonne spinoff. It never had a Negan spinoff. It was the Walking Dead. It was one title. Everybody came to that world via one portal. And when it was over, he closed up shop and he, and he, you know, now he's just reprinting them in color a la what I covered with ElfQuest, who was the first that I'm aware that did that, took their longstanding black and white publication and added color to it to uh, colorized the adventures to give it a new format. So, I mean, there's something to be said. I mean, I guess there's, there's, we've examined both means here. Wildly expansive in, in giving 15 of the Gotham Batman titles on a, on a, on a week to a huge resonant, powerful, you know, piece of our culture over the last decade that never veered from one title. So, you know, you can, there's, there's, and then there's everything in the middle. There's everything in the middle. Lord knows I have done my own spinoffs. I had Youngblood, I had Team Youngblood. So I, I don't see more fingers pointing back at me. I am aware of, you know, I'm also aware I did spinoff Deadpool comics. So, so, uh, but, but it was just that 15. Wow. Now pivoting away and going towards something that's pop culture that for the third week in a row, Shang-Chi is number one at the box office. And um, it is everybody's favorite Marvel movie with good reason. For myself, I do put it, for me, I enjoyed it. Like it immediately, I enjoyed it more because I love martial arts. I love that world. I love anything that kind of touches fantasy. I loved it more than Black Panther. I loved it more than Black Widow, The most of the Thor movies. Um, all the Ant-Man movies, Doctor Strange. I mean, it's it's in the it's in the upper echelon for me of Marvel stories. And I I believe that Shang-Chi is now like a top, he feels like a top five Marvel hero, at least as far as the very popular MCU is concerned. Jimmy, in three weeks, in a month, have you seen that affect your comic book sales? I wish you I wish it affected it more. Um I mean, because I think that there is actually, you know, uh, Shang-Chi seems like a, and I'm maybe because I'm old, I remember when it was called, you know, you know, Shang-Chi rather than, you know, Shang-Chi and, and, and the, the, the different pronunciation. So, so pardon me on that, but, um, 
Yeah, you know what? It just it it seems that the MCU has done a great job of turning their catalog and increasing their the diversity of their catalog. And when I say diversity, meaning it's more than just the most traditional Avengers. They've built out like say things like Guardians of the Galaxy or you know their Ant Man's with multiple spinoffs and you know Captain Marvel's you know with mul- multiple spinoffs and and um, you know these secondary third fourth fifth sixth tier characters in their catalog to making them um, you know A list or certainly B plus A minus um, uh, media stars. So they've done a great job the MCU with with that. I mean. I don't think anybody was ever clamoring for, you know, for Groot. But then there's, you know, they did a a a, a spinoff cover a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago of these Groot video game covers with baby Groot that were really hot. So um, I think the MCU has done a great job in terms of increasing the profile of their um, of their catalog. Um, but unfortunately, it's like the the you know the book sales on 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 Shang Chi isn't you know isn't through the roof. I mean, maybe again people got their their tummies full on a really great you know kick ass movie with you know martial arts and great CGI and you know a great moment that was just like the the movie Speed that I loved. I mean, I dug the movie, but unfortunately, it's not like everybody is running going, "Come on, give me a a collection of this." Certain titles have you know, have sparked that, you know, that, that interest in fandom and certain titles haven't. So unfortunately, Shang-Chi is a, is a fun movie, a great movie. I think people are going to be excited to see this character alongside of the Avengers. But right now he is in the, in terms of the comics, isn't front and center in terms of their publishing plans. On the so let me side, ask, oh, let me ask you this. Was there a, uh, uh, was there a uh, and, and Jimmy? I'm with you for 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 my. I mean, for 44 years, I've called him Shang Chi. I'm glad to know that I wasn't way off. Um, Shang Chi. I'm still training myself. Um, but uh, clearly, the comic book um, version of him is not what we encountered. He's very much, uh, you know been uh i i would almost go as far as to say a, a fairly sizable reboot uh i bought the first issue of the new shang chi i liked the character the artists um is that a mini series a regular series yeah, they, uh, they've, done, they've done uh two mini series that were like back to back four issue mini series ended new four issue mini series they are just winding that up but i mean so it's like he's been on the he's been on the and maybe because of also the pandemic, it like pushed publishing plans. I don't know. I'm not privy to that. But it's like he has been on the racks consistently for uh, for about you know since, since the beginning of this year. So and on a yeah. pretty monthly basis, um, again with back to back back to back series. And the first one, you know, established you know established kind of this movie reboot of sorts. So it's taking it away from kind of this espionage. Bruce Lee homage mashup, you know, that, you know, that I remember growing up um, and they put it more kind of more MCU style uh, was that first miniseries. The second miniseries is, is basically him versus the Marvel universe. So it's like, there's a lot of uh, every issue. There is a, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, there's like a team, either a team up or a fight with Captain America versus, you know, the Fantastic Four, things like that, um, you know, with the X-Men, Wolverine. So, I mean, so they've done, you know, he, he's been very consistently on the racks, needless to say. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I, you know, I do believe, uh, I mean, I just, I'm always been pre-sold. I, I love the character. I love all of the, you know, I, I've done now almost two full, uh, one full episode uh on on the launch of the of the martial arts in comic books and how marvel was right there at the center and it was literally because of the david carradine kung fu tv show and jim starlin saying we should do something like this and then that snowballed and we've covered it here there's an, an entire dedicated uh episode it's called kung fu fighting because at that time the song everybody was kung fu fighting went to number one um bruce lee was the darling of the culture at the time and so, you know, from Shang-Chi, you got Iron Fist, you got Sons of the Tiger, you got White Tiger, you got Richard Dragon, uh, Kung Fu Fighter over um, over at, at DC, you got Karate Kid, got his own comic book outside of the Legion. I mean, martial arts, there's Judo Master from Charlton. I mean, it was a great age. Martial arts was cool. It was the number one way we kind of consumed action. If you were in the mid, late 70s, into the early 80s, Chuck Norris, uh, was born of that age. I mean, it was, um, so, so, so it is, it, it's funny to see, you know, the first two thirds of Shang-Chi, the film were so martial arts based. It was great. Uh, again, I just, I felt like such a failure and that I had not, my kids hadn't seen so many of the great martial arts films. Um, they'd seen Bruce Lee, they'd seen Enter the Dragon. Um, but I hadn't shown them any of the and, and you and I talked after the film three weeks ago, like, has it really been 20 years since all of this wire foo um, that took over cinema? And it was a, it was all really a, 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 an extension of what it was achieved in the matrix. Cause again, you could do the wire foo or, foo or you could do the bullet time and wire foo was cheaper, more attainable. And then there was all these great stunt coordinators that came from the Hong Kong cinema that, 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 that were, teaching different styles of fighting. We got into the, you know, the launch of Jet Li's proper American career, Jackie Chan. Um, and, and yet that seems like that window just did not stay open for long. We moved on to whatever was next as a culture like we do all the time. And, uh, and, and yet to see Marvel then take the third act and make it fantasy-based to me and plug it more into manga and anime-style uh, world which is where my kids interact and then the next thing i know you know my son chase liefeld is tweeting out that shang chi is his favorite comic book movie of all time which i saw it and came home and told him because you love anime and manga you're going to love this and he took his dad's recommendation on this this at this time seriously you know most 19 year olds don't regardless of who they are I'm I'm shocked. You're, Chase actually listened listened to to his dad's yeah. recommendation. Well, well, yeah, yeah. He went that night and saw it, and then you know it gave us this great new way to talk. And you told me that your son Jonas loved it. Um, and Jonas is much younger, but look at that. I mean, that's that's ten years almost. I mean, I know Jonas is. Yeah. You no. Know, absolutely. No, he he's a pretty game. Go ahead. No, absolutely. You know, he walked out and was like, Dad, this is this is great. I've been trying to get him to watch Crouching Tiger for about the last year. 
And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I finally chalked up the, the, uh, you know, I queued up the, you know, the big fight scenes and he's like, you know, mind blown. Um, and you know, he ended up watching the matrixes this summer and now he flipped out over, you know, the, the, you know, the new trailer. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm showing my, you know, you know, hard R, uh, stuff to my, um, you know, you know, action, you know, action R movies to, you know, to my, uh, almost 11 year old son. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that, that definitely like opened his mind to, oh my gosh, there's some other cool stuff that, you know, I could stream. It's not just, you know, it's not just, you know, what, you know, what is in the cinema right now. And that definitely, definitely sparked a lot to uh, a big platform to go in and check out new genres of movies. So it's been great. Well, I definitely think that uh, Shang-Chi will follow the Black Panther trajectory in comics. They'll, they'll continue to put more stuff out to, as the fever grows. I was just curious. Again, these are this is stuff that you and I haven't discussed, so I came at you cold. This entire conversation was cold. I just wanted to do a marketplace episode. Um, and well, wrapping I, up, yeah. Well, I should say just just as a, as a, as a sum up, there's there's certain things that again there could be media tie-ins that that people go and chase down like every bit of comics, and then there's some stuff that you know that you know that that you know hasn't you know hasn't hit yet. Um, I mean, like Black Panther did okay, like in terms of the comics, but I mean, you know, as a, as a cultural thing, huge, same thing with Wonder Woman. I mean, everyone bought, you know, t-shirts and pops and all this, and all this cool stuff. I, I think that, you know, um, you know, th this, this may be the case that way, you know, as opposed to like WandaVision where everybody ran out, where I had everybody, when I say everybody, there was a big, you know, influx of the marketplace yeah. wanting to pick that up. Uh, let me pivot really quickly. There is a huge anticipation for Moon Knight. So once they start showing the, the, those early stills, either official or unofficial stills of Oscar Isaac and, and the costume, there is a huge buzz on that comic. Um, and not just on the back issues, but even on that current series. So, I mean, there's, it, it's interesting that some things are you know definitely spark to a comic book crowd and some things that just spark to only a mainstream co consumer but but something like like uh, moon knight is is definitely um driving that uh back issue market as well as the current issues i mean they, they've gone to multiple printings on the first two issues and you know those covers you know those mcniven covers definitely harken back to those you know that 90s you know that 90s splashy Im imagery so oh you know, yeah, yeah he knows what he's doing i i, I agree it's got a definite um uh it really invokes that that stylistic the, the stylings of that era for sure they they're great steve mcniven love him love the images yeah it, it's funny i was hoping uh, of the 30 Deadpool team up covers they gave me over the Deadpool 30th. I got my final assignments about a week ago and we never got Moon Knight. And I was like, no, because I, I wanted Deadpool and Moon Knight so bad because I love the character and I love, I think I've only drawn him once and I dig him, but I I I, I see what you're saying. And you know what? Again, this the, the thing going back to the one thing I left out about it, and this I'll tie this with Batman and Moon Knight, because my one buddy, he's an executive, and he said, can you imagine if Moon Knight turns out to be more popular than Batman, how many heads will explode? That's a really tall order, but I think it's going to get closer than people think. Um, basically, because on Oscar Isaac's appeal alone and talent, um, really talent 
which creates his appeal. They knew what they were doing, putting someone as substantial as him. I think, again, you've got two guys who are, in essence, you know, caped crusaders at night. But getting back to the one thing I left out, I was going to mention this last weekend, often times in the last 10 years, given pop culture and Instagram and social media, they do these renditions and they show you all the Spider-Mans through the years or all the Hulks through the years. And on Batman Day, there was a Batman one. And I shared it on my social medias, uh, on my on my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook. It was going around. Um, I did not create it. I literally just grabbed it and shared it. And it was, um, again, all the Batmans through the years. It starts with 1939 and it ends at 2022. And it, it so it starts with Bob Kane and it ends with uh, Pattinson's depiction. They're all profiles, but they're all very distinct because it's it's great to know that, that you're looking at something that's so distinct that from just the profile alone, it it really sears into you like of course you remember that version oh yeah that version oh yeah that version that's when batman was defined by that look bob kane and frank miller are the only two comic book artists depicted on this chart bruce tim uh is the animator which i mean he's an artist and then jeff matsuda who came from extreme studios and did batman uh the batman series that launched in 2004 is part of these entries but Frank, so you got Bob Kane in 1939. Then they give you the Adam West and the television versions. Uh, then you get to 1986 with Frank Miller. And from there, they go Michael Keaton. Then they go Bruce Tim. Then they go, you know, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Then they go Bruce Tim again with Batman Beyond. Then they go Jeff Matsuda with the animated series. Then, then they, they go to Christian Bale. Then they go to the Arkham Asylum video game, how he was depicted. Uh, then they go to uh, to um, Ben Affleck. They go to Lego Batman, and they end with Pattinson. And again, I, I so Bruce Tim gets two of these animated slots. And then you got Jeff Matsuda, who we know came from comics, and and Batman, the Batman. And Jeff talked with Jeff about this. It was polarizing because it wasn't the animated series that Bruce Tim. Uh, it, but, but there, there are people who are giant fans. And then there's, again, there's not another comic book artist, a dedicated comic book version of him that is depicted after Frank Miller, which we have talked on this show. You and I've done shows on this, how resonant. And on my desk right now is a, uh, I have two Batman dark Knight statues and, and they're not cheap. Um, the Frank Miller Dark Knight Batman is seared into my brain for life. And I, we've covered on numerous Dark Knight Frank Miller themed episodes how he changed the way Batman was depicted um, from soup to nuts, from head to toe. Batman changed forever that day. And it's interesting. Whoever did this chart, we don't know. It's a it's a beautiful illustration of all these profiles. It's um, what is this? It's 20 different profiles of Batman from 1939 to 2022. They released it on Batman Day. Frank Miller is the only comic book artist uh, who is, besides Bob Kane, Bob Kane, who originates the, the visual. I um, mean, this is definitely a Bob Kane-ish looking depiction, not not uh, not Dick Sprang. It's it's definitely Bob. And then uh, and then you get Frank, and then everything else is, is actors and and movie people. And and I just think that is a testament to a comic book illustrator and his. Because when you get down to all of the Ben Affleck versions, and they give you all of his versions, the armored, his more beefy self, I mean, those are also reflections of of Frank. So it's just interesting that 
here we are, 1986 turned into 96 to 2006 to 2016 to 2021. And Frank's Batman is still the most resonant. It's it's just fascinating how everything comes into focus. So I just had to kind of get that in there. Um, Jimmy, I love picking your brain. Um, you have been telling me in the pandemic, as with everyone, that comic consumption went up. And uh, publishers can tell you their numbers are up. The business is very healthy right now. It's There's a lot of different elements. Um, we, we will have to do a second part because there's so much more ground to cover. Um, but I, I just, I, 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 and I know this year, this, I believe it's Father's Day of 2022, you are bringing the amazing Comic Cons back. I see these, con- these conventions are starting to appear again. I'm going to be at my very first co- convention in two years when New York Comic Con opens their doors in October. And, 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 and for the first time in two years, that's the technically the last show I did. And so now I see all these shows reopening and I know that your big Vegas show is reopening. Did I get it right? Is it Father's Day? It is Father's Day weekend. It's the it's June seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. So we have a little bit of we have a little bit of time, but it's we are already working hard on booking cool guests that are res, that will be resonant to pop culture. So I mean, with our brand, the amazing comic amazing comic conventions, um, the next show that we have up is Las Vegas, and our goal is always to um, I think it's much like much like the focus of the podcast. Um, so I mean, it's definitely in alignment. Is that we try to bring out and spotlight these comic creators that are influencing everything that is going around. So, I mean, whether it is, you know, these streaming shows or whether these movies, anything like that, it's like, why not go to the very source? And that's the comic creators. And that is, you know, that's very much of our brand. I think that's what sets our parts different than any other event that goes on uh, in the country. And um, because it's like, this is the stuff that we dig. This is the stuff that we love. We love, you know, we love comic books. So of course we're going to spotlight those creators. Uh, amazing comic con is a great show. I don't, I don't, um, I don't do shows that, that don't um, put butts in the seats. And the reason your shows put people in the building is because they're so great. And you, um, as, as a comic book, uh, I can tell you, and I know each and every uh, person who creates a comic convention prides themselves on their ability to curate guests and put together the right sprinkling of of a media guest and comic book guest. Jimmy always leans in more on the comic book guests, great comic book guests. There isn't a name you love that he hasn't had. Jim Starlin, George Perez, Robert Kirkman, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, myself, uh, Kevin Eastman. Um, yeah, I mean, Stan Lee. I mean, it's... it's, it's Stan Lee. The, 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 the list, you have had all the greats, and you will continue to have all the greats, and we can't wait to... Um, Buy comics from you at your location, and also uh, in, in at Frank and Sons in City of Industry, which is a monster. If you're in Southern California, if you're visiting, if you're visiting Frank and Sons, go by, go by and check it out. It's it's an amazing, overwhelming pop culture extravaganza. It's a fangasm. It's a fangasm. Okay, statues, toys, comics, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, pops, uh, costumes, sports cards. Everything. My kid goes there for the dedicated, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon section of which has always been a thriving part of that as much as the comics, the toys and the statues. Um, so many great dealers. It was so great seeing everybody. So many people had, hey, I hadn't seen you. I haven't seen you in six months. 
Um, because I, I love going there and and, and I the, the toy people, the comic book people, these are really great people. They're all there to give you what you want, which is statues, comics, toys, trade paperbacks, omnibuses, all the stuff Jimmy specializes in. You can't miss his booth. He's right there at the front. Now, Jimmy, you're doing are are you doing live shows? Do you, do you, do you, are you yeah, selling online? Yeah, we you know we're still on the comic book shopping network, uh, which is which is a great Facebook live platform uh, with some other really good good sellers. So we're still on several days a week there, and we're also on uh, what the whatnot app, uh, which is a new way to 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 uh, to buy comics um, and, and pop culture um, paraphernalia. But uh, we have dedicated shows on that. So. Um, you know, I mean that that might be a a full conversation what not. of how what not. Yeah, it's what not. Yeah, no, no, no. I saw on Facebook a Facebook sponsored ad told me there's a what not variant. So I know that this is burning up. This is a place that people are right now. So so look for Jimmy J. You sell under what name? It's going to be the Amazing J Brothers, and that's all spelled out. Amazing J Brothers. Yeah, the Amazing J Brothers. Uh, Amazing and then- J Brothers. So we have the amazing Comic Con and Amazing J Brothers. So, you know where you find it. I just want to thank you. Well, I, I didn't mean, mean to interrupt you. Uh, his his amazing Comic Cons, Amazing J Brothers is the name they sell under on on their Facebook groups, on their Facebook lives, on their um and 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 look for them on the Whatnot app. Also, again, his his booth is stocked with stuff you just you you can't believe how much you want this stuff. The last Ronin, hard to find. Uh, uh, you know, variants, exclusives, his booth's got them. I've been buying from Jimmy for 30 years. Um, I just want to thank you for being on today. I'm going to wrap this show as we always do, uh, Jimmy, by I, I have to read people's reviews. They have been so generous. They have responded to the call. This is the time when I read your reviews of this podcast. You guys have shown up in, in such amazing numbers to support the show. I'm so thrilled. I mean, we are way into our second season, our second year doing this. And you guys, I love hearing from you, whether it's in person at a signing. Um, you know, um, I was overwhelmed being on the road this last summer and doing the stores that I did in Florida and Arizona and hearing you guys um, tell me about your favorite episodes, topics. Um, it, 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 you guys have just given me so much support. I appreciate it so much. When you leave your reviews for me, I read them here on the air. And today's review is from, no, it's not my son. Uh, it's Luke 8H. Luke 8H. He was very generous. He gave our show five stars. It says, thank you, Rob. Hello, Mr. Liefeld. Just writing to tell you how much I appreciate your podcast. You talk and obsess over comics as much as I do. I can't get enough of comics and every Wednesday is like a holiday for me. One of the best things you've said in your podcast that got me in the heart is the episode where you went to an attorney's home to see his comic collection. You said that he lit up like a kid showing you his treasures and everything that was so important to him. You said something along the lines of no matter how expensive your collection is, we all get excited showing off our collection. My collection, Mr. Liefeld, is about eight short boxes under our stairs in a closet, but I get so excited to show off what I have to anyone that shares my same love for comic books. I love your podcast. You get me so excited for comic books. I enjoy hearing about your experiences in your life and your career. Thank you for so much of your sharing and fueling my love for comics. Thank you, Luke 8H. I am so grateful that you left that very generous review. You guys, when you leave reviews on the air, I read them. I share them. Um, I cannot appreciate you guys enough. I am on social media. That's where you can reach me and we can talk and chat. I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Full name. Got the blue check mark. It tells you it's really me. I am on 
Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Was able to get just Rob Liefeld on Instagram. Very grateful. Also a blue check. I'm all over Facebook. I'm in a million groups. I have to stop. I'm 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 in way too many groups talking comic books, art, pop culture. Am I in a Planet of the Apes group? I am. Am I in a Land of the Lost group? I am in a Land of the Lost group. My freak flag is flying. I hope to interact with you on some level. You guys, this is the part of the show where I tell you, and and you promise me that you're going to stay safe. You're going to stay safe. You're going to take care of yourself. And we are going to talk again real soon.